I'm, I'm aware of the source material. I just, you know, I didn't really get it. <laughs> Welcome into the Gang Does Fantasy podcast. Taylor Wilson, unfortunately, is being gang raped by a team of monkeys in Columbia. So I, Reed Foster, the commissioner, will be taking over for Taylor this week. Joining me, Sam Gibson, a.k.a. Here's to you, Mr. Robinson, and Curtis Bottoms, a.k.a. Judge Judy. And we're going to start out with Curtis because who else could we start out with? But the man who has led the league in scoring two consecutive weeks to start off the season, a man who was recording, who was doing the auction while at his girlfriend's birthday dinner and yet somehow is still destroying us, Curtis. Let's start out with this. Do you feel that you are confidently the favorite right now? Oh, abs- absolutely not. Um, it, it's, I, I would love, love to keep this train going. Um, but, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm under no delusions that, uh, that my team is, is, I mean, in our league, I feel like nobody should confidently feel that they're the favorite for the entire season. Like there's just, there's no quarterback depth. There's often no wide receiver depth. Like any team in the league is, is like one or two injuries away from having like an absolute disaster. So I, I feel I feel good um, with how how low of a start I had with that that auction draft and just kind of having to pack it in. Um, I'm glad to get the the two big weeks under my belt, but um, it's you know it's gonna be gonna be tough moving forward. You know, I have to keep keep my eye on some stuff, and make some moves. Yeah. So would you say I would say the most interesting thing about your team so far has been the fact that Debo Samuel has been unequivocally the number one wide receiver in San Francisco. How confident are you on Debo relying on him moving forward? I mean, again, it's like it, it's for sin. Like, who knows what's going to happen? My like downside or the the upside of me being you know not too bullish on him is that hopefully Devonte Adams will pick it up, and I just need Debo Samuel to be kind of what I expected when I drafted him. Um, if if Tyree Kill and Devonte Adams are doing what they're capable of. Um, so, you know, I think we're obviously going to see some regression. I don't think he's necessarily going to, you know, keep putting up like how many points did he have week one, like 30 something Debo hit us with 37.4 in week yeah. one. Yeah, he had yeah 189 yards uh, and had a, a 79 yard touchdown catch. So um, 79 yard touchdown catches, um, not uh, too sustainable um, from what I know about football. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's, you know, if, if he can just be, just stay healthy and, and stay in the mix. Um, and hopefully San Francisco is kind of comfortable enough to just kind of keep doing what they've been doing and nothing crazy happens, but we'll, we'll see. Now I would say, say it's, Oh, I was going to jump in and say, it's refreshing to have the overall standings and points leader be so humble keeping it grounded keeping it real i i there was a split decision right before i started talking the first time in this episode on whether i would just go full-on trash talking everyone like (laughs) wwe style or or just speak from the heart and and i i went with the latter obviously but we're gonna have to start calling you we're gonna have to start calling you curdy for real keeping it real Never stop, never stop and keeping it real. <laughs> it, it's refreshing. It's, you know, I'm the hero the league needs, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe. I would say, um, now, on the flip side of that, Debo has been a positive surprise. On the flip side, Marquez Callaway, a guy that I believe you paid $25 for in the auction, received 
quite a bit of buzz in the in the preseason, you know, especially on the strength of that Monday night football uh, week two preseason, preseason game against the Jaguars. Really hasn't done a whole lot for you. I mean, he scored under three points both of the weeks. Would you say that he is someone, if he doesn't pick it up in the next two weeks, is he someone that you might be having to take over to Dumpsville? He okay, so um, I'll I'll get to the answer to that in, in a second. But I've got a I've got a fun story for you. Um, as far as me drafting Marquez Callaway, um, I did not watch any of the Saints preseason. And as we know, um, I was doing my my draft on my phone, which is not great for an auction draft, at my girlfriend's birthday dinner. We left the birthday dinner, and then I had to drive to um, the secret tiki secret tiki bar secret. Easy tiki bar that my girlfriend had gotten reservations for. <laughs> so I was driving a manual transmission car on I-95, still trying to keep an eye on what was going on and just hit the, you know, bid an extra dollar button. Um, and I don't, I don't really know how I ended up with him. It was not a conscious choice of like, I think he's going to do really well. It was more so like, um, I'm driving. It's dark. I can't look at my phone. Um, I should... I should just have Alexa hit the button and um, take somebody right now. So I didn't, I didn't have time to really process how much money I had spent or I just knew I needed another point, wide receiver. At that point, it's kind of just like name association. It's like, who, Alexa, who's on the board? Marquez Callaway. Okay, go for it. Yeah, it was like, like, okay, how much register? Yeah. can I afford yeah. him? Is it, and, and is it a position that I'd like? Because that's basically what I had to do was just like, okay, I need to wait for a position that I need. See what... See what the actions like, like then go for it. But I had to, you know, it was it was you know giving the little little passing glances down to my phone while trying to, you know, have you know a conversation and eye contact and all that Dude, at the uh, secret tiki lounge. It's hard enough to draft and drive. Now talk about drafting while driving stick. I'm yeah. telling you, you deserve uh, major props for even just having a mediocre team. So yeah, bravo. no, exactly. I was I was I was just hoping to be somewhere in the middle of the pack, and that's kind of why I decided to um to blow my load on uh, a few big names, you know, and not worry about long-term keeper. I, that was going to be the sacrifice I had to make. I couldn't, I couldn't do all that stuff. Um, but yeah, so when I, you know, with the injury to Tua to get back to your original question, I, I had to drop, you know, make a decision on who to drop and I, to pick up, um, pick up another quarterback. And Marcus Callaway today was, was one of the guys I was considering even giving up on today. I ended up not in that but yeah he's i'm not in love with him is what i'm trying i to feel say. like reed um you need to get some reaction buttons ready for the next podcast because when you said the thing about drafting marquez callaway for 27 dollars, that would have been a perfect like nelson from the simpsons <laughs> moment <laughs> oh yeah we need a soundboard just just pull up like a 2007 yes. soundboard yeah i want to hit up our director of editing taylor wilson after this is done about that um, now, I would say, Curtis, the one thing I would – you have an interesting team construction in that, obviously, Derrick Henry is holding down the fort. I mean, really well, fucking can, held down the fort on Sunday. But <laughs> the old 50-burger. Can, can I jump in on Henry really quick? Um, yeah. What's interesting is that Curtis drafting and driving, you know, you think you might have to overdo it on some players just because you're not really paying attention. He ended up with two players that I would say are like – two of maybe five total players in the NFL on any given week that legitimately lead all of fantasy football and scoring. And you saw it last week with Derrick Henry. We saw it week one with Tyreek Hill. And I would say, you know, 
in terms of steadiness and consistency, someone like um, Keenan Allen or DeAndre Hopkins or, you know, just any of the like top five or 10 wide receivers might be more consistent on a week to week basis. But literally in terms of game breakers, Tyree kills number one on any given week. Derrick Henry is arguably number one for the running backs. Maybe Alvin Kamara, if he has another six touchdown game, but I think it's really um, impressive how Curtis was able to do that. And, and you could say Russell Wilson is one of the guys. Yeah, that, that was, that too, was so. the, when I got those three, I was like, you know what? I might be able to make a decent team here. Once I got Wilson before Wilson, I was like, well, I just blew half my money, but that was the third piece. And that's why I'm not surprised you've won the points title um, two weeks in a row, because on any given week, if even just two of those three guys go off, you're probably going to have a score pretty decently into the 200s. So I, I think I think the flip side of that is that your bench is pretty darn skinny. Yep. Um, that's, you know, not entirely your fault because um, you've been beset by injuries for a lot of your guys. But your top line team looks amazing. Yeah, if I it's had if I had Jerry Judy and uh, if I had Jerry Judy and uh, Curtis Samuel, I think I'm I'm feeling a little bit better about my depth right now. I'm, you know, still had some problems, but, you know, that doesn't that doesn't help um, after, you know, two weeks to lose, you know, two guys who would have been in the running for a starting spot. Yeah, I think Judy especially was someone that you probably, I mean, you named. Uh, I mean, I jinxed him when I named the team after him, you know, like, so I'll I'll take full credit for that one, uh, to be honest. But, you know, it's the way she goes. Maybe maybe you should have named him after a worse player like David Johnson. Yeah, and, 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 you know, Johnson, there's just a, you know, a plethora of puns available with a a name like that. Yeah, but he's not good enough to be the focal point the team name david well, johnson's mcdusty on your shelf He's to, been- to be fair my uh, my <laughs> other forgotten. my other um my other uh team sorry to nobody likes that guy talking about this but my my i've had a league with my friends from virginia this is our 15th year we we're 14th year we started in like eighth grade uh my team has been the duck hodges dynasty for like three years now so i, I i'm not i'm not above naming my team after a uh, well here's a random thing, player duck hodges is like such a novelty uh, reference slash throwback, right? For like the glorious three game stretch that he had. Yeah, David Johnson doesn't have any of that um, sex appeal. No, 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 no. It's David Johnson's like the anti sex appeal, even in like an interesting way. It's not interesting. So, uh, if you could, here's the thing if you could make your team name like a gif that shows up, uh, you could do it of the like slow David Johnson running gif where he looked like he was 40 years old. But other than that, uh, probably not name worthy. I'm I'm sticking with Judge Judy. Yeah, well, the only time we've ever had a midseason name change was last year when Jack went from uh, Gay Luigi to Do It Now Gohan, and that did not work <laughs> out for him. And that was one of the worst name changes even ever. Just even forget um, forget midseason. Like it never made sense. It wasn't particularly funny, and the results did not follow. Uh, yeah, yeah, I he- always just assumed there was a reference I was missing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm aware of the source material. I just, you know, I didn't really get it. <laughs> he just, he, and he didn't do it now. Is the thing is that maybe if he did do it now, it would have, you'd feel differently. Um, oh, you mean because he's got a good team now too? Yeah, well, I, guess I think that he probably too. made the name change last year to distract from taking Leonard Fournette in the second round. You know, like a news dump to to, <laughs> to drown it out. The old That'd Friday news dump. <laughs> Well, it's like if you're, uh, you know, if you're Biden and you have like a, a sketchy bill or like a sketchy like military invasion coming out, you just say like, well, we renamed this library after Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So everyone's getting it on our side now. Yep. Deep in the conspiracy theories this week. I'm very deep. Uh, in 
Um, Curtis, right. who do you play this week? Curtis plays Barra. Um, and surprisingly, fourth overall. Yeah, Barra's had a strong week. I mean, a strong start to the season, although he did uh, succumb to Eric's death, death squad. Um, and we're, we'll talk to Eric a little bit later on in this podcast. Uh, Barra, his, I squad get... of, his squad of killer lions. Pretty much, yeah. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he's got lions, raiders, and bears. Oh, my. Let me just throw out a kudos to Barra. I feel like the, the marker or the line of demarcation for, like, good teams and bad teams, or at least good good teams and mediocre teams, is averaging 200 points per week. So after two weeks, anybody – I mean, obviously, that's fluky and it's short-term. But uh, right now, if you're averaging over 200 points a week, you've broken up 400 barrier. I'm, I'm definitely going to start to take your team a little more seriously. So props to Bear on that. 423 yeah, right. points. So I guess, like, just one more – one thing if we're going to talk about Bear real quick before we move on to the next matchup. Um, two weeks in. How do we feel about his strategy of going all in on tight ends and quarterback? Do you think that's been a successful strategy for him? No, um, it hasn't. <laughs> it hasn't hurt him, but I think he failed to pounce quickly enough on his um, quarterback glut. Um, I think there were he, he could have, you know, um, I heard that there was a Baker for Terry McLaurin trade offer that was out there that Barra refused. And I think in Ooh. retrospect, um, is that was was that not the case? No, that was, I thought that was discussed in the discord no i was just like I, I hadn't heard that yet so that was just a, a reaction so me. i oh so i think that that is overvaluing his quarterbacks a little bit because aside from matthew stafford who might have quarterback one potential if the rams keep rolling all of barra's other quarterbacks baker mayfield carson wentz ben roethlisberger and um james winston, winston yeah are more quarterback two kind of level guys and i think that when you have five of them um you should try to flip those quickly because people are going to find other answers well if you um, can get if you can get a guy with that much value for him then yeah not necessarily just flip them quickly for the sake of flipping but you know if you can if you can get a good return which i think that would have been then yeah but that that's like the thing like what if i had flipped ryan fitzpatrick before even week one and then ryan fitzpatrick goes and gets hurt the longer you hold on to these quarterbacks the more of a likelihood that me or Barra, who are hoarding quarterbacks, we statistically have a higher chance of one getting hurt because we just simply own more of yeah. them. Um, so that was kind of the idea of moving fast on it, uh, which I then tried to do by trading Melfi Sam Darnold the other day. Uh, but I actually didn't lose any <laughs> um, any raw total numbers of quarterbacks because I got Joe Burrow back. I'm pretty fucking thrilled about that. Not going to lie. Yeah. Um, um, but anyways, uh, Barra's team, I think he's doing well, but he's missed some opportunities almost to may- maybe be one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, I think that the – Right now, what it looks like is that maybe he just didn't go in on the right guys. I mean, because if you look at the combined money Although, he spent on, on Kyle Pitts and Mark Andrews, he could have bought Darren Waller and TJ Hawkinson. And I think if he had those two tight ends, we'd feel incredible about his team. Right, because I just realized he's got Cooper Cup and Tyler Lockett, who are wide receivers one and two in the entire league this year. So those guys have been leading him pretty clearly. Yeah, they've really been carrying him. <laughs> Whereas like Mark um, no, it, Andrews yeah, was it feels amazing like it could two start years to ago. Work out. Or I was just saying Mark Andrews was amazing two years ago, and he's really been almost written out of the Ravens offense in a really odd way, considering he's one of their most skilled pass catchers. Yeah. Um so you don't know yeah, if it's he's been ever kind of gonna, frustrating. 
Yeah, exactly. And Kyle Pitts, I haven't watched any Falcons games. I'm assuming he could um, be good, but yeah. Yeah, he, he could be good. I mean, obviously things are still waiting to be told on Pitts and Andrews, so we don't want to write anyone off uh, just quite yet. Um, what do you call it? All right, so Sam, let's get into that. You acquired um, – uh, what do you call it? You acquired Cortland Sutton and Joe Burrow in a deal where you sent back Sam Darnold and James White to Melfi. So – don't forget about your, my 25 fab. <laughs> and he also and he also sent you 25 fab. Where would you how would let's start off with this. How much different do you view Sam Darnold and Joe Burrow as quarterbacks? Um in the immediate term, I view them right around the same level. I think either one can go off on any given day. I think that they both have um, pass catchers that can catch 40 yard passes and long touchdowns for bonus points. And I think they both are behind bad offensive lines and are prone to mistakes. So I think in any given week, it's a bit of a gamble to play one of them, but they could also uh, go off any given week. The reason I preferred Burrow to Darnold is that Burrow has been in the league one year and looked decent, nothing to derail his, uh, trajectory before he ripped his knee whereas Darnold's had three or four years in the big leagues and has mostly looked like garbage so from a keeper perspective I was thinking that Sam or uh, Joe Burrow for ten dollars could be a potential keeper chip for me either on the short term uh, next year or trading to someone else to use as a long-term keeper Sam Darnold only costs one dollar so you make the same argument there I just am skeptical that Sam Darnold's actually going to become like a top flight quarterback where I think Joe Burrow could definitely become a top 10 quarterback all right and let's ask the same question to, uh, to Curtis and then also Eric is joining us so after Curtis is done Eric will, will come through and provide some as well so Curtis what would you say is the difference do you view Sam Darnold or Joe Burrow even remotely differently, fantasy wise? Um, for this season, I think Sam kind of kind of nailed it. Um, it's I mean, it's the you know I don't have any breaking uh, insight here. Like Sam Darnold's been pretty pretty hard to evaluate a guy on those those Jets teams. You know, like he yeah, has Sam- a lot of convenient excuses. That's very true. Yeah, like it's it's so he 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 could like I'm 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 rooting for the guy in a strange way, but like, I don't really have, there's nothing like making me believe that he's, that he is going to turn into a potential star. Whereas Joe Burrow, you know, just by way of not seeing very much of him still has that, you know, superstar potential because it has, I feel like it hasn't been like beaten out of the, you know, viewers yet. Um, for right. He's still for Joe, too long. Joe Burrow still has 2019 at LSU and it's going to take a long time for that. I, I feel like that potential and those images to wear off. Um, whereas, you know, I would love Darnold as well. Well, I think the league would be more interesting if Sam Darnold was slinging it around like Brett Favre or something. I'm just not sure it's going to happen. And to tell you the truth, Melfi approached me with the trade that like the final trade was his initial offer. He tried to then say, well, actually, I'll give you an extra five fab and I'll keep Joe Burrow. And I was like, fuck no. And I, I reasserted the original proposal and he said, perfect. So um, I wasn't targeting Joe Burrow, but I liked that he can scramble a little bit and he threw the ball a lot last year. He'll probably take a lot of sacks, but, and, and then, I mean, like, let's be real. I then swapped Cortland James White for Cortland Sutton 
James White has, if James White can keep it up, he's, you know, he scored in the mid teens both weeks, um, seems to be favored by Mac Jones. But Cortland Sutton, um, you know, I live in Denver now and I watched most of the game on Sunday and he just looked dominant. Yeah. He was I live in Jacksonville feet. and watched the same game. And, Dude, uh, but he was even yeah. getting, I mean, so look, some of that was probably, I don't know who the Jags cornerback was, but he was getting open on quick slants. He was getting open on routes over the middle. He was gaining separation with like stutter steps and then going deep. Like he just looked like the physical, physically imposing threat that he was before he tore his ACL last year. And so I'm pretty pumped about that. Now kind of, you know, now joining us, Eric, who is going to be Sam's opponent this week, a a crucial matchup between two one-on-one clubs in the Marino division. Uh, Eric, what was what were your thoughts on Joe Burrow versus Sam Darnold and just the the trade in general that uh, Sam and Melfi made this week? Probably the most consequential move of the week. I mean, I personally see like Melfi interchanging two very similar quarterbacks. I think both are sort of unproven. Um, I like Darnold's situation more than. Burrows, to be honest, I haven't really been impressed with uh, with um, who's Matt Taylor? That's a coach, right? Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. Zach but he might as well be Matt yeah. Taylor because he's <laughs> yeah, going to get who, fired who, and henceforth then be gone from history. As, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He will Zach be written Taylor. out of the history books. So yeah, so I like so two very similar quarterback at least levels. They're going to be somebody you play at QB two, and like like or Sam was the one who made the trade. Sam said like. Carlin Sutton's a real get. Why would you give up a real wide receiver to probably in our fantasy league for who would you who you the flex in some weeks? He basically that didn't make any sense. Melfi, basically what it comes down to is because of his unique roster construction where he had a ton of good wide receivers and was incredibly thin at quarterback and running back, and he literally has no backup running backs. I think he probably only has like three running backs on his entire team before this trade. He basically ended up paying $1.50 on the dollar to exchange one of his wide receivers, Cortland Sutton, for one of my running backs, James White, who's not as good as Cortland Sutton, and then also paid a $25 fab premium on top of that. So that's Part of the problem yeah, that's pretty good point. is supply and demand a little bit um, where you, you don't want to put yourself in a position where, I mean, he, he, he kind of said it himself. He viewed Cortland Sutton as a throwaway given the strength of wide receivers on his roster and same with Devonta Smith. And I think that's just a, a bit of a careless way to look at it. I mean, even with, even with them being throwaways, you could get better value for them than what he got in my opinion. I agree. Like, Sam, Sam always tells me the mistake I make is I don't shop enough around enough with my trades. And I, I, I can agree with that. I tend to be a very impulsive decision maker. So if I like something, I'm going to get it there and then. Um, so I probably could I'll shop. drink to that. <laughs> so I, um, so, and I probably don't shop around enough. And this is a case of Melfi doing the same thing. Like $10 for Devonta Smith, I, he could get – he could get a, a really solid RB2 for Devonta Smith or probably like more FA or fab bucks than $10. So Reed, if you wanted to um, keep Devonta Smith as a keeper, would you be keeping him at the $4 he was drafted at or at the $10 you acquired him for? Uh, $4 he was drafted at. Okay. So you get his rights. Got it. Yeah. You, you trade for the rights. I mean, that so it um, includes that to a degree. I just want to take a second and say, welcome, Eric. 
I think he has the best team this year that he's ever had before. It looks like it could be a juggernaut. And frankly, the trade that we all grilled him for last week isn't looking so bad. Although Terry McLaurin looks amazing. Tyson Williams has been good enough, I think, to justify it. And same with the surprising Jared Goff. So just welcome to the podcast, Eric. And I got to say, good team. I'm looking forward to playing you this week. It's going to be a good matchup. I'm thankful for the opportunity. I'm like, like, like everybody was making fun of that trade, but I really, I really made a calculated decision to get a need. Um, and I think it's been a win-win so far. I mean, Terry was good. Terry looked great. Honestly, on Thursday, I was actually really, I told Reed that um, I feel like our trade's a bit of a bad about our trade on Thursday, but after the weekend, I felt pretty good. Sorry, it was a bit windy on our roof, so I am trying to get to a place that's a bit less windy right now. It's all good. Uh, now, so I would say the most interesting thing, obviously, about the way Eric constructed his team was that he put a lot of eggs in the Justin Fields basket. Makes sense as he is a Bears fan and an Ohio State graduate. That's right. He did go to college. He does have a brain. Um, and now Justin Fields is going to be starting. I want to ask you, Curtis, uh, because I think you have a I think you have probably the most interesting quarterbacks to evaluate it from this perspective of. Let's say Eric came up to you and offered you Justin Fields for Kirk Cousins. Would you say yes? Um, <clears throat> probably not at the moment because that doesn't really solve my long-term problems. Um, when uh, um, I'm sorry, when uh, you know who uh, would solve your long-term back, problems? Most likely, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. <laughs> there, there, there's been contact made between our front offices. Um, that's. that's all, all I'll say about about that, but I, I mean, no, my, my worry is just you know Andy Dalton comes back and um and depending on how this Bears season um plays out, I just I I don't I don't really have any any faith in getting any sort of consistency um from from either of those guys. I wouldn't trust that either one is going to continue to be the guy as the circumstances surrounding their season change. Um, you know, as, as, as much as like, I get where you're coming from, Curtis, and I'm back in my apartment. It's nice and safe and, and not windy in here. Um, as I get what you're saying, but honestly, um, I don't see Fields going back or the Bears going back to Dalton unless Fields gets hurt at this point. Nagy I agree. Can say whatever. Nagy to whatever, but that team knows who the Bear quarterback is and just for like a rookie development, like you can't really go back. It's yeah, but if he's getting Herbert. destroyed every week, like, and it's and it's not, or let's say he has two weeks yeah. and he's getting hit a ton and struggling, and Dalton's healthy, and their season looks like it's in shambles. Like, is it worth it to continue at that point? And also a- regarding the trade, um, the fact that we have a lot of Bears players in this league, um, you know, drove his 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 price up a little bit. So you're not getting sure. that much value in terms of uh, of a of a keeper. Um, was my other point on that. I mean, that is, that is true. And I definitely, I like, that was another one. I knew that I wanted Justin Fields and um, I sort of like true to my brand had to get him. So I paid, but um, I, I think Fields will be fine. I mean, I think the offensive line through the two games I've seen, they've been better than what you were, than what, you would think like heading into the season 
Um, and if you watch the game closely on uh, Sunday, I think um, Fields definitely made that horrible mistake with that interception, but he probably could have gotten 50, 60 more yards if his receivers could actually catch the ball. Like that, there was that amazing throw to Allen Robinson, square in Allen Robinson's hands, and it basically looked like Allen Robinson was surprised to get such an accurate throw at that point. <laughs> Allen Robinson never drops the ball, too. He I know. I was about to say, yeah. Rates. Yeah, as a Penn um, State and I was gonna fan, say, yeah, that dude. As an Allen Robinson owner, I would definitely prefer that, that Fields keeps uh, it. He can just extend plays longer, which opens up more down the field. I think I agree that, you know, there's always like a 10% chance that, like, things get so bad that they go back to Dalton. But I would, like, as a betting man, I would – be very very surprised if if it devolved to that point i think fields is the starter from here on out in much the same way that herbert was the starter from week three on out last year i mean herbert killed it but at the same time like fields is the future he is probably more or less nfl ready you know i I think they kind of have a pro style offense at ohio state reed can you give Um, me info on that uh not really i mean they i mean ohio state is he in shotgun all the time Pretty much. I mean, they don't really – the offense doesn't really translate to the NFL that much. But, like, at the same time when, like, you're big and you have a really strong arm and you're accurate and you're fast and can run, I mean, usually that's going to – you can find a way to make that translate. Yeah, those skills translate. Fields has has basically been, like, this is who he's been born to be or sort of – I mean, it's a weird word, but groomed to be since he's been, like, 10 years old. So – if anybody's ready for the spotlight and anybody is ready for the position, it's Fields. Um, number one thing you hear about him, he's always the same sort of calmness, never gets too high, never gets too low. Uh, you watch, I think Fields... Because he doesn't want to get dizzy and fall over. <laughs> um, but Fields, I would say my favorite game that I've seen of Fields, and I've probably watched like 90, 95% of his snaps, he... <laughs> He was at Clemson game last year, the semifinal, where he got six um, touchdowns. Yeah, he got six touchdowns, but how many of those were after that horrible hit uh, um, Horrible hit on him? And, like, I thought he was done for the game. Came back in a drive later, and Abs just, just kept on slinging it. And um, so Fields, I think, he has the toughness, he has the mentality, and – uh, as a Bears fan and as a huge Justin Fields fan, I can't be more excited to have him as the Bears quarterback. Okay, yep. I have an activity for the four of you, really quick. Um, it's there's only three live... of us. Whoops. <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Um, and Eric is out of this because he's in the game with me. For me so and Eric's matchup. Yep. For me and Eric's matchup, I'm going to read the, each player from each side, like. Um, his quarterback, my quarterback, and you guys have to say who you think will outscore the other one. So, Rodgers and Carr. Rodgers! Uh, who are the Raiders playing? Uh, Miami. Uh, I think Rodgers Rogers gets a... Yeah, Rodgers All right, gets, Garoppolo Rogers. and Fields. Fields. Uh... You're agonizing. Garoppolo. But Sam, next time I don't know. Do I it? don't know what to make of Philly's defense, to be honest. Or not not Philly's defense. I'm sorry. Who is um who is uh, playing Green um, Bay? Yeah. Okay, no. Um, I... Who's uh Fields playing? I'm sorry. Cleveland. Browns. I know what you're gonna say Baker, and what I'm gonna say is, Yeah. Uh, okay, next one. DeAndre Hopkins versus Jackson. 
Jacksonville or Keenan Allen versus Kansas City? Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Allen Robinson versus the Browns or Amari Cooper versus the Eagles? Amari Cooper. Allen Robinson. All right. I think Eric and I are exactly tied right now. Adam Thielen versus Seattle. Mike Williams versus Kansas City. Are you switching switching up the order here to keep us on our toes? Or are you listing like your nope, player? No, I'm doing for, my okay. team first every single okay. time. Okay, God damn it. Um, what was what was that one again? Adam Thielen versus the Seahawks. Mike Williams versus the Chiefs. Uh, I'm going to go Thielen. I'm thinking we speed this up a touch, too. Yeah, this Thielen. is like initial gut reactions. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying. All right. I, I mean, I'd go with Thielen. Thielen's a TD. <laughs> All right, Eric. I appreciate TD. that. Nick <laughs> Chubb versus Christian McCaffrey. I'm just going to assume you're both going to say CMC. It's, it's uh, Chubb. Going Chubb. Chubb versus the Bears. McCaffrey versus the Texans. Reed, are you going CMC? I'm going Chubb. Yeah, yeah. I'm a white supremacist. <laughs> Damn it, Pig Newton. I think okay. it's, there's going to be some weird games. I think, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Chubb. Totally. That. Okay. Eckler versus the Chiefs or Swift, DeAndre Swift versus uh, the Ravens? Eckles. Uh, Swift only because I already picked Keenan Allen to have a good game. <laughs> All right. Gronk versus the Rams or Higby versus Gronk. the Bronx? Gronk. <laughs> uh, I'm not letting you get his opponent out. <laughs> uh, Creamy Thunt versus the Bears or uh, Tyson Williams versus the Lions? Tyson. Yeah, yeah. I agree. All right, Cortland Sutton versus the Jets or Rondale Moore versus the Jags? Rondale. Ooh. Okay. Uh, all right, kickers, Matt Gay versus the Bucks versus Dustin Hopkins, Washington kicker versus Buffalo. I'm going to go with Matt Gay. Matt what was the outside. first matchup? I'm sorry. Matt yeah, Gay was inside. Yeah, yeah. I'm going All right, Pittsburgh D versus Cincinnati or Buffalo D versus Washington? Buffalo. Yeah, I'll go with that one. Without not knowing the status of uh, of, of TJ Watt. Um, no, Lula, 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 no, Steelers. I'll go Steelers. So once this podcast comes out, I'm going to add that up, and I bet you it's within two on each side. Obviously, people could outscore other it's people. It's really say, close. Dude, I really think looking at positional group that Eric and I are almost cancel out on every single positional group. I think it should be the best game of the week, and I hope it's the best game of the week. I've spent eight scoring. minutes trying to find like a way to view your matchup on the Yahoo website. I do almost all of my stuff on the app um, because I work on Sundays, and I have, <laughs> no, I have not figured this out. Yeah, the app the is app great. The app is so much I'm so trying far to figure out how to, to do ESPN. this on the website, and I can't fuck ESPN. That's all I'll say about that. <laughs> I dropped so anyways, a Eric, I'm really excited for this game. Matchup. Yeah. Like, I, like, like um, Sam has said, this has really been, I think, the most solid team. I mean, I think some of the things I did were uh, a mistake. Like the Cooper, the Cooper, um, Cooper was a mistake. I accidentally put, I think I wanted the price was twelve dollars. I think I it's a mistake. I don't even think it's a okay. mistake. He's a but borderline wide receiver one when things are going sure. good. The, I mean, that he's was a, my a locked wide receiver one. Yeah, yeah. When things are going well, yeah. I mean, I'm fine. I mean, I'm fine paying the price I did, but was like, uh, that was, that wasn't the intention I had at the time. But like, I'm like, and right now my IR guys are Jarvis Landry and Michael Gallup. And, Sounds um, like you said garbage Landry. Jarvis, yeah. 
that dumb Chicago accent. I always slur everything that I say. Anyways, <laughs> my wife always they always tells me that I sound half drunk all the time. So. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I am half drunk all the time, for the record. So, dude, you guys got to see the movie. Have you guys seen another round with Mads Mikkelsen? I know Reed has. It's the bad guy from um, Casino Royale. It's Hannibal. He's Hannibal. Yeah, yeah, Hannibal. yeah, yeah. Another round. That he's guy's teacher. He's his teacher in like Sweden, and no, uh, Denmark. him and his like uh, or Denmark. Him and his uh, like three other teaching buddies speculate that like humans were meant to like live life slightly tipsy at like 0.05 or 0.08 blood alcohol content, and they fucking do an experiment. It's a pretty funny movie. You guys should watch it. Sure, I'm down with that. I mean, I'm also am drinking a beer right now, so not only do I sound a little drunk all the time, I'm. I mean, it's one beer, so it's nothing. But when um when Sam started uh started his rants about a about a movie um I've never heard of, that's when I chose to put take my headphones off and go up and grab me a beer. Good, uh, <laughs> dude, just from knowing called, Sam long enough. The movie is called Another Round, so that's very another timing. I'll check it out. Is it on any streaming? It is. Hulu. You might have to pay for it, but it, it no, is. It, I think it's on Hulu for free. Almost five. Sure, I got Hulu. I I don't know. I've been rewatching Jersey Shore season two, so uh, it's gonna have to cut into that. What about yeah, Love I mean, Island? Maybe you could watch it whenever you're uh, doing your GTL, baby. <laughs> I do none sure of those it, things. I do the occasional it, L. Grand Theft yeah. Lexa. Grand Theft Lexa. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, last, probably the most exciting, not even probably easily the most exciting matchup last week. Um, Jack had what can only be described as a Monday night mirror. Reed, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt you because I had a Monday night miracle too. I just want everybody to know I won $1,200 because the Packers covered minus three and I'm a very happy person for the rest of the week. So if anybody wants to make any trades with me, I'm going to be in a very good mood. I might give you a little more than I ordinarily would. Keep that in mind. Back okay. to your regular programming. Okay. Uh, well, that, that portends well for Beach Week. It um, does. Which, oh, aside, Eric, you mentioned the Clemson-Ohio State. Yes, I, I was going to jump in and say the same thing. Yeah, I'm glad you got Sam to Curse go for it. Sam and I all were together watching it. Ooh, that must have and been a fun I, time. I did not think that, that that man, I mean, sure, we had been drinking for like eight hours straight at that point but um, and doing some karaoke, but I did not think uh, we were going to see him successfully throw a football 40 yards again that night. Oh, and yeah. that was, that's why I think it's his best game at Ohio State, just like the fact that he Did someone get ejected on for targeting on that hit? Or is that a different one? No, that was there was a controversy about it. I don't remember how it ended, but I remember there, there it was like it was, their con- white it was like a five backer. minute review. Yeah, James, Kelsey. I'm pretty sure they did eject him. Yeah, yeah that was a that was a great targeting. a great game to be watching with the lads. Yeah, Can we all just say uh, that targeting in college football needs to be reformed. Are we all on the same page there? Yeah, there needs to be a one and a two, like a flag like foul. Yeah, like yeah. you can't eject yeah. everyone Agreed. for all those hits, but like you need to punish them. Yeah, need to be intent should be the the distinguisher. Almost like a yellow and red card situation yes, in yes. soccer. Perfect, perfect example. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's get on to this Monday Night Miracle. I that was sorry. Honestly, <laughs> I was one of the Sam most Gibson, an editor's worst nightmare. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, Reed was, was begging for content. Reed was begging for minutes, thirty minutes ago. I'm just doing my dutiful duty. 
Yeah, I mean, Sam is like CC Sabathia, you know, turn of the decade. He's just a true innings eater. <laughs> um, Dude, you could you could do me every third day if you want. Oh, okay, okay. Um, we're gonna ride you like the Brewers did to the fucking yeah, wild exactly. Card. yeah. <laughs> Break to a you, wild card, baby. <laughs> what was that? Was that the year the Cubs won the NL Central? I think they traded in like two thousand seven, two thousand eight. That was a that was a that sounds good right. Time. CC was like it wasn't in a consideration good time for, Pirates, for the so. NL Cy Young just in the second or like the last third of the season. That's how good yeah. he was, though. He was literally like considered for like MVP. He was so good. Yep. yep. They should have right. made a new award um, for him, to be honest with you. Just like the badass motherfucker in the end of the year award or something. Yeah. I would the, Indians, the Indians and in trading away future Hall of Fame pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're a pitcher, you want to get drafted by, by the Indians. Cheap Jew. If you get drafted by the Indians or the Pirates, you're going to end up on a World Series team eventually, you know? Yep. Got to pay your fucking dues. Um, <laughs> okay, let's get so, into this Monday Night Miracle. Yes. Yeah, so we had, like, there's a, I mean, just a true Monday Night Miracle. I mean, Monday Night did not go well for me. Melfi hit, hit me with the comeback because uh, Robert Tunyon got a touchdown and Jamal Williams, the acquisition in the aforementioned trade with Eric, did not do enough for me. Melfi came back in the victory. But the true Monday Night Miracle was my brother Jack he had Aaron Jones went into the night down. He was down 30 plus <laughs> and he had Aaron Jones and Nick had TJ Hawkinson. And it's not that TJ Hawkinson did poorly. TJ Hawkinson had a touchdown. TJ Hawkinson is the top five tight end so far after yeah, two yeah. weeks. Hawkinson went uh, up It seems like he was down by like, he was down by like 27 and he had Jones and. And that, Hawkinson, touchdown, throw, that touchdown throw from Goff to Hawkinson was actually pretty it was a dime um so he had that Hawkinson at the early touchdown and you felt okay well there's no way Jack's coming back from this except he was because Aaron Jones who only had scored six career receiving touchdowns in his career entering last entering Monday night and had only two receiving touchdowns all of last season three receiving touchdowns and a rushing count touchdown on top of that and Jack pulls away and has one of the closest victories in the history of the gang does fantasy, but, but uh, it, it's fitting that Nick loses this one because Nick actually was a member of the closest matchup in the history of the gang does fantasy. One that Curtis may not remember, but now that we bring it up to him, he's going to be pretty upset about the inaugural playoffs. Nick defeated Curtis by just 0. 0.62 points to advance to the championship that year the closest wow. of all time yeah i think i just locked that out of my mind forever yeah i believe i remember you like won your other league or something so you were you were more cool with it than you probably well, that's that's been. that's not true i must have i must have like won my game in my other league but now it's it's been it's been a while since i've <clears throat> you know had any had any glory um but yeah no that uh that's dirty yeah dirty for real lions run defense not very good yeah, as far as like any game, again, I I work until midnight on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, um, so I pretty much can only speak to Steelers games and Thursday night football. Um, so I'm I couldn't watch that game, um, but my jaw was dropped for the last twenty five seconds. Um, looking at I'd, I'd seen on Twitter, you know, Aaron Jones, you know, fantasy stuff, but uh, looking at this box score. Um, of this matchup is just incredible. 
it's uh, I mean, it's got to be a brutal, brutal loss for Nick. And, you know, as, drops as, as we all two. know, it drops He'll him be to okay. 0 He'll be okay. Nick, Nick, who has made the championship game uh, in both of both seasons of the league so far, now falls finds himself at 0-2 in the Marino division, the same division where Curtis is 2-0. and And then Eric and Sam are 1-1 one and one, along with Daniel, who is 1-1 one and one, who had one of the – who had the top record and the most points scored last year before choking it away in the playoffs uh, horrifically. I've got to say just instant reaction after two weeks, Daniel is the team that has gone from the highest in my estimation pre week one to the lowest. I think he's got some serious problems and I no longer think he's like a clear top three team. Obviously Zeke Zeke was not a great choice. And same with Saquon so far, so far. Yeah. Being the keywords so far. Yep. I mean, yeah, I mean and I was, his tight end carousel. He's so Daniel. For those who are not aware, he's my brother, and I mean, he drafted very close to like I don't know where he gets his analysis from, but I think he really goes hard into the analysis and all of that. But um, so looking back at the draft, we all were like, "Oh, he got great value for everybody that he picked up," but great value doesn't really do much when those guys aren't scoring you points. Great value is theoretical. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to ask you, uh, let's, we'll keep Eric out of this. Cause obviously he's biased on this Curtis and Sam for the rest of the season, rank these three running backs that all went for about 45, $46 at the auction. Saquon, Deandre Swift, Ezekiel Elliott for the rest of the season, which of those three do you want in what order? Sam, I'll let you I, first. Um, fuck. I honestly think it's like any of the three. I think Elliott should have volume and a good offense. I think Saquon's got the highest ceiling because uh, I, I, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of down on Saquon, actually. DeAndre Swift, who I thought was kind of just a scrub coming out of Georgia because fuck the Bulldogs. Um, although I do love Bulldogs, but not the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, you know, he just keeps producing despite everything. And he's going to be there. The Lions are going to be behind in a lot of games. And I, I think it's a, it's a crap shoot between the three and the fact that they were all, they were all bought, you know, within $10 uh, dollars of each other. No, within $1. Shows, oh, one dollar. They're wow, all like crazy. 45 or 46. How much? I would be surprised if go? any one of them finished top 10 running back. All right. So Curtis, what would you say? Um, say easy answers, Saquon, then Zeke, then Swift. Um, Saquon has some terrifying numbers. Reed, can you talk about the numbers or see if Curtis knows about like Saquon's literally over 50% of these games in his career back to Penn State? He's been held under three yards per carry. It's insane. Yeah, it's something along those lines. And, like, I mean, we talk about, you know, because Thursday night it looked like Saquon was back to his normal self because he had, like, a 40-yard run early in the game. And yet he still finished with, like, 13 carries for, But like, he was on a pitch count, yards. wasn't he? Right. But, like, if you, have, if you have a 40-yard rush and you have 11 other carries, I'm going to hope that you get above 53 yards. Yeah. Saquon, no. I think okay, yeah, Saquon being one. But anyway, yeah. He had that amazing spread in ESPN, the magazine, and he's made a pretty fun career out of pretty good career out of it so far. Um, <laughs> Eric Golden <laughs> going with the old white man endorsements argument. <laughs> no, uh, 
I mean, Saquon, I, I watched a lot of him when he was at Penn State. He's, he is great at, I think, breaking tackles, but he was breaking tackles at Penn State in college. You don't break as many tackles in the NFL. And yeah, you get some big runs, and he has had a few, he has had like that one huge day versus the Redskins a few years ago, or was it? Um, I'm sorry, yeah, the, fo- like the football team, sir. Come on. I always, I, I can't. <laughs> it's fine. I'm, always, I'm just uh, giving you crap. I do the same thing. The football team. Okay, yes. Against the football team a few years ago. Um, and he, but other than that, like so many runs are just straight into the, straight into the O-line and gets maybe a yard or two. Curtis, what did you, you were a Penn State fan. What did you think about Saquon coming out of the draft? Like when you were watching at him at Penn State, how did you feel about him compared to like Miles Sanders and, and other, other running backs? What about Zeke, who was also picked top five from a big well, 10 I'm trying to team. keep like Penn State guys, but I mean, yeah, we can uh, say Zeke too. So easy answer. I don't want to like ramble too much. Saquon, Saquon is a seems like a runner that needs a decent a decent situation around him. Um, whereas Miles Sanders seems like a guy who can give you more like random explosiveness um, and can kind of create stuff from nothing. Versus Saquon, you know, as um, as Eric mentioned, like you know, yeah, he was breaking a lot of tackles, but it's like it's not like he's just gonna like he doesn't have the breakaway speed to just like bust around NFL defenders and it's harder to run through NFL defenders. Like he's extremely talented and his thighs are literal tree trunks, but it's, you know, he, he, it, you can't just like run him in the same predictable plays over and over and expect him to like make up for that, nor like any running back in the league for that matter. Um, Whereas Miles Sanders can kind of give you that, you know, little gadget element uh, more often. So long-term, obviously Saquon, I think better, better prospect. Um, but, you know, realistically the first couple of years, if you're going to be a high draft pick <clears throat> as a running back in this league, it's going to be tough sledding. Jason, do you trust Jason Garrett as his really offensive down coordinator? Down you could have just stopped it at, do you yes. trust Jason Garrett? And I would have said no. Yeah, it could be like any question. Like, do you trust yeah. Jason, Jason Garrett? Do you trust to like Jason Garrett pizza? to watch your kids for an afternoon? Yeah, no. Well, that would—I mean, that you took an extreme. I'm talking about like low stakes <laughs> things. Like, do you expect? Like, do you do you trust Jason Garrett to like order a pizza for everyone and not fuck it up? No, he's probably scared to talk to the like guy. You know, he's like embarrassed <laughs> to talk to people on the pacing phone. around the room. Yeah, he's like, I would step outside and make this phone call, and then we get back like 45 minutes later, like, hey, where's the pizza? It's like, oh, I actually didn't call them because I got a little stage fright. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm really glad his play calling kind of uh, came bit him in the ass there at the uh, the end of the football team game on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, deservedly yeah. so. I mean, fuck Jason Garrett. Um, yeah. So y'all, would y'all say that like with Nick at zero and two now? Do you th- are you Nick's at all gonna be fine? Nick's got to be fine, especially the extra game of the season. His team is too strong in too many areas, in my opinion, to, to totally wallow. He's had a really unlucky week two loss and then a week one loss by 12 points where both of our teams underperformed. I'm not worried about Nick, especially with a six-team playoff where 60% of the league makes the playoffs. I would be worried about Nick if it was still just only the top four teams because that was tough. Yeah. I think he needs um he would need some like significant bad luck um in terms of injuries to really Herbert have or any, any problems. Injury. Yeah. 
or or both honestly he could he could probably get away with one and still right. come back and have no issues um but yeah like sam said he i mean that's a that's a stacked team so Aaron, he made a good pickup you... he made a good pickup with sammy watkins today like i'm looking at his team right now i mean he has probably two of the what we'd consider the top five quarterbacks in the league right now and now yeah. And Herbert, uh, he has a top five tight end. Yeah. Um, I think he probably could use some wide receivers, but he has more than enough depth in other areas to uh, get the pieces he needs. I mean, look at his running backs, Taylor, Harris, uh, Henderson, and Mitchell. Any one of those could be valuable trade pieces when he wants a wide receiver. And um, it's not like Antonio Brown is, you know, he he's got got some value, you know, when he gets off the COVID sure. list or whatever he's on now as well. So, oh, I mean, yeah. after week one, Antonio Brown was looking like he could be a top ten wide receiver. Now, let me just back up a second, fellas. If you go to the grocery store and buy like raw chicken from the counter, how many days do you think it stays good in the fridge before you want to cook okay. it or throw it out? An editor's worst nightmare. Um, um, this is a lifestyle podcast. I too. I go like within uh, within a week. Like Jason Garrett. A week, right? Okay, it's been five within days a, within on these a week. Yeah, five, five days. I don't know. Five, five days. days is... Five days. You're you're pushing it. You're pushing it. But I'm gonna cook them tonight. Me, if I'm not cooking or within freeze like, them, if I'm not cooking them within two or three days, I'm freezing that stuff. That's Damn. the smart yeah. smart way to go about it. Yeah. Yeah, I also think like the longer you wait, the more you have to like. I think like after three days, you have to do like breadcrumbs and like fry it up. Like you can't try and grill and like let the chicken stand out on its own. No, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, it's, it's going well done at that point. <laughs> uh. um, know, David starts to look gray or smell funny. Yeah, 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 I think, I think, you're, I think you're probably good. Um, the old uh, right, iron so, smell test. So Nick is not the only ON2 team. We also have Taylor, who is ON2, the host of this podcast, who unfortunately, uh, as we mentioned before, being uh, gang-raped by a bunch of Colombian monkeys, uh, so we cannot be here to host the show. He's facing off against monkey two and Jack. Yeah, he's getting the monkey AIDS. Thoughts and prayers um, to the monkeys. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> shout out to uh, the Colombian medical. Taylor's the one giving them the AIDS. Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> um, would you say – do you have similar levels of, of calmness for Taylor's team at 0-2? As you said, Sam, this is a six-team playoff this year. Do you have a similar similar level of calmness for, for Taylor, or does he is he in a must-win situation against Jack this week? He's in a must-win situation, and he's got the worst team in the league right now. You know, um, on our pre-week one podcast, I said I, we thought Taylor was in the tier three. We thought the first three were Nick – Daniel and Jack. And then we thought there was a middle three of me, Reed and Curtis. And then we thought there was kind of like a bottom four, I believe of Melfi, Barra, Eric. Although I think Eric might've been up with us a little bit. And, um, and Taylor and Taylor. No, Taylor was up by us too. But anyways, we thought Taylor was a mid-level team that would be competing for not one of the top seeds, but one of the middle seeds. Um, or like at least the playoffs. And I think after, I mean, if you just look at the raw point totals, he scored 311 points. The next lowest is Melfi at 366. So Taylor's barely averaging 150 points per week. 
I think his teams have a lot of question marks. Matt Ryan has looked so bad, his quarterback too. Antonio Brown and Julio Jones or AJ, AJ Brown. Brown Julio yeah. Jones. A lot of faith um, in Arthur Smith and his relations. Oh yeah. yeah. And James yep. Robinson on the Jags. That's got to be troubling going forward. Yeah. Dalvin Cook's been good, but hasn't been dominant. And I gotta say, it's it's uninspiring flex. Nothing at tight end and uninspiring flex. And I think he was relying on Will Fuller to be um, you know, like a star again. And now with Jacoby Brissett, like how can you rely on that? Um, at the same time, though, Daniel Jones could be a sneaky good quarterback too. Jared, yeah, I, mean, I mean, I think Jared Cook is probably okay at tight end, depending looking how barren any tight end in our league is. But um, other than that, it's a pretty bad, it's a pretty bad roster. I mean, I think he still goes into every matchup. I mean, like, tight end is bad, but, like, I don't think it's as bad as it has been. We're like – I mean, I think that almost everyone else in the league goes into their, their matchup with Taylor thinking they're going to outscore him at tight end. Even Melfi with, like, Tunyon and, like, Curtis with, uh, like, Logan Thomas, I think feel a whole lot more secure about their tight end situation than Taylor does with Jared Cook. And that before J- Jared Cook, he had, like, Mike Kosicki giving a full-on donut. Right. And, and even if you think about it, Taylor himself has proclaimed this week that he's open for business and like anything's on the table. Like if you feel good about your team, you probably aren't doing that after week two. Let me ask you this. Um, I won't get into the details. I have heard um, I've heard those rumblings as well. You know, I I have some connections within the league, some within some front offices and I've been <laughs> in talks um, right now. I'm going to go through let's go through Taylor's. Top players, I, I think he has three blue chip guys that you'd really want to trade. Maybe, maybe four. We'll maybe we'll go with the fourth one. I want to ask you guys what you would give up to get to get them. Not not just on your team, but just a general like what would you give up? Let's start out Patrick Mahomes. What would you give up to get Patrick Mahomes? A lot. <laughs> like Sam, would like, you like... give up? Would you give up Aaron Rodgers and Gronk? That's a really interesting question. And would I get Jared Cook back too? Because I think that would be fair. I think I would need Jared Cook. That sounds, back. yeah, gut reaction. That's in, that seems decent. That's the fair one. That's very interesting, okay. though, um, because Mahomes is good, but, you know, it's so hard to give up a star player yourself. So, yeah, you got to factor in, I think, as the season goes on, there is the consolation tournament which you don't want to lose because you don't want to have to eat like 12 beers and 12 pieces of pizza. And also if you win the speak for yourself. Oh, shut up, dude. I saw my Wednesday night throughout all of college. So I'm sorry. Choke down one. Um, Yeah. yeah, We'll see. (laughs) um, uh, I think that there's going to be some consideration for teams that aren't in playoff range, which will be most, most teams will be because there's six spots. Um, if they don't have a good long-term keeper going forward, trading a guy who's better this season for a long-term keeper option, I think is something that might come into play. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting dynamic um, for the league that that's going to be exciting to see moving forward. I, I would ask you this then. So let we'll, we'll just we'll keep it with Taylor. I mean, like this is not the, we're just using him using him as an example because obviously he could go on a run or whatever. We don't want to like discount his chances or whatever. Um, but we'll using him as an example 
Owen, what is the point where you start to say, all right, I need to focus on building up my potential for next year? Is it Owen four? I think, is it Owen five, I think this, Owen six? I, I think six, I think six and eight or seven and seven is going to get the last playoff spot. Probably. Yeah, I think you got to get like five games or five or six games below 500, regardless of when that seven, comes. That makes sense. If you're two and seven, I think, or three and eight. But you know, if you're two and six, even you could win a couple games in a row yeah, because yeah. you only have to. You got to let that eight. week ride out. Once, yeah, exactly. Once the buys start kicking in and people will start juggling their lineups, things will start getting a bit more spicy. I feel, and you can definitely pull off a surprise win against a person who may have the stronger team, roster. Very, very true. That's an excellent point from Eric there because I I didn't even think about that 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 could really change things. Um, so I'm, let's, I'm going to ask you, Eric. Obviously, Mahomes, we would say Mahomes is like the top dog on his roster. It's either Mahomes or Dalvin Cook. Eric, what would you give up to get Dalvin Cook? Hypothetically, not even just on your team, but just in general, what do you think Dalvin Cook would go for? I think Dalvin Cook can probably go for, I would say, somebody like Lance Fields, who was four bucks. Uh, I believe he was four bucks. You paid for him in the draft. I think that's a fair price or um, any of the, if any breakout um, running back uh, breakout, like un, undrafted running back uh, is out there or wide receiver, like Rondale Moore, I think uh, I picked them up off the waiver wire. Somebody that I think if some, if one of these rookies becomes either QB one or a wide receiver one or an RB one, I think that's more than fair value for somebody like Dalvin Cook. You'd think that at that point for one of your blue chippers, you'd want to make a trade for uh, somebody that you would hopefully have next year. So that's why I'm sort of going for um, potential stars of 2022, 20, 23. Now let's say, I mean, let's say we um, discounting the, the future aspects of it. Let's say Taylor, Let's say Taylor racks up a couple wins. He's at he finds himself at two and two when he's back in the in the hunt. Da- Jack approaches Taylor and says he wants to give him Aaron Jones for Dalvin Cook. How much more do you think Jack would have to give him on top of Jones for Taylor to feel comfortable sending back Dalvin Cook for him? I think you could do it for some fab. I mean, honestly, like yeah, are the beach- are we sure that the Vikings are going to have that good of an offensive line this year? Are we sure? Are that we sure that Kirk Cousins is- isn't going to get COVID? Like, there's a lot of question marks. <laughs> there's a lot of question marks. Curtis is right, and I just feel like Dalvin Cook had an amazing year last year, and even then, at the end of the season, he kind of like betrayed the people that had him because he didn't do very well. I think, if I remember correctly, week sixteen and seven, fifteen and sixteen. So I just think that Aaron Jones. You know, that's a trade where, yeah, Dalvin Cook's probably ranked higher by most people, but, like, that could be a preference thing. Like, maybe Melfi really likes Sam Darnold, you know? And, and Sam Darnold and Joe Burrow are about the same, but Melfi, like, really wanted Darnold. That, it, it, it can come down to preferences when you're within a certain range of, of ranking within a position. Yeah, just vibes and trust. I think that for looking at Taylor's roster, he'd want to move Dalvin, some guy like Dalvin or Mahomes, to get to fill out his depth. I don't think he'd want to just do like a star for star, one for one deal. I think it'd be something where he does one for two or one for three. And maybe those, maybe he may get like a QB two back for Patrick Mahomes, 
but he also gets a flex one piece as well. Uh, some Because right now, the issue with Taylor is, yeah, he has a few blue chippers, but other than that, he has really no one. How differently do y'all view Taylor's roster construction from Curtis's? Um, is it any different in just that Curtis's guys have gone off and Taylor's, Taylor's haven't? Or do you think that there's serious like flaws in the rest of his depth compared to Curtis's? I'm not looking at my phone anymore, but I feel like Curtis has more better guys than, than Taylor. <laughs> like they both have blue chippers, but then Curtis has some like strong grade A guys. Yeah. Too. Yeah. That's, I think, I think that's the kicker is that, is that Tyreek Hill is in a different class than even AJ Brown or Julio Jones, Julio Jones on Tennessee at his best, you know, Julio Jones and his best with the Falcons is a different story, but I think Tyreek's peak is clearly higher than them. I think Derrick Henry's peak is clearly, well, I guess even look at it's kind of close, but you know, even look at a guy like Kirk cousins. Yeah. We make fun of him, but he's going to be a solid QB two in most weeks. I have been shocked at his performance for the record. Keep going. I'm sorry. I, I, you're always shocked when you look at the numbers, but then you look at the numbers. He has always put up really decent. The numbers are better numbers. than he is. He's always yep. a top ten <laughs> yep. quarterback. When that is very true. So his numbers are always going to be decent. Melvin Gordon, I like what's going on in Denver. Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater See, has accomplished. I think, I think RB two is Curtis's weakest spot, and it's because of my lack of faith in Melvin Gordon. And QB three, which is kind of a total question mark for Curtis, but but that's where I would be the most worried. Yeah, about. I, I you know in my you know crazy draft night, I didn't realize that this everyone was gonna just gonna <laughs> hoard quarterbacks so hard this year. Quarterback, <laughs> Not everyone did. Quarterbacks. Quarterbacks were are going to be a premium if you don't have three right now. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, because it's not even just like getting through the bye week; it's just like. I mean, injuries are going to – even if it just knocks someone out for a game, I mean, if you have an empty quarterback slot, I mean, that's almost like taking a loss. Um, let's So, Taylor, as we mentioned before, 0-2 going up against Jack, who is a surprising 2-0 after he finished last in the league last year. Uh, and, you know, with the victory, Jack would go up to 3-0 and and effectively have a three-and-a-half game lead on Taylor for the Unitas division. Uh, you know, the – we didn't get into this, but the Monday Night Miracle, what was interesting about that was that with Melfi coming back on me, entering Monday night, it looked like I was going to be ahead in the United's division as the sole 2-0 team. And then it flips out where I'm 1-1 one one along with uh, along with Barron, along with Melfi, and Jack is now the 2-0 team. Closing things out, what would you say are – who would you say are the tier of true championship contenders? I mean, obviously, I don't think you can write anyone off, but if we're looking at, like, true championship favorites what would you say that top tier is right now let's start off with eric i definitely think you gotta put curse's team in there i mean he's two and on he's been highest point getter both weeks and i don't think it's been very close either week it was um, the biggest blow out of the week against sam this week <laughs> so um other than that it was um, close until it wasn't <laughs> yeah i mean Fair. I definitely think both me and Sam are in there. Just I I don't want to just like sort of toot my own horn, but um, but as Sam has been talking about a, a sort of said a few times, uh, my team has looked pretty good since uh, or since people have made were making fun of it on draft night. People were making fun of that trade last week. Um, 
Other, but really, it's sort of a crapshoot. There's so many one-on-one teams, and you're looking at a guy like Nick and his team, and he's 0-2 out of nowhere. So, I honestly, I there's one real there's one real um great team, which is Curse's team, and there's one real bad team, which is Taylor's team so far. But other than that, I want to say it was a bit of a jumble. All right, maybe, let's go. Maybe, me... Go ahead. No. Oh, I was going to say, um, so Curtis, as the bully on the block, as described by Eric, which of these teams are you most afraid of? Okay, so Eric um, clearly missed my <clears throat> my humble introduction tonight, um, showing a huge uh, you know lack of confidence in my team moving forward. Um, you know, I'll try to amp up the trash talk, um, but. I mean, oh, I'm going through everybody's roster right now. I mean, there's like, oh gosh. Um, I mean, dude, even uh, yeah, I know we talked like kind of extensively about Nick's team earlier, but like that feels like a team that just like if everything kind of goes right for them could end up being huge. Like if teams start just like deciding that they're not going to let Hollywood do anything, Sammy Watkins, as he, you know, works his way more into that offense. Like it, there's just, there's potential there. I think he, picked, um, Josh Allen, Justin he Herbert picked up Watkins today for free. That was a great pickup. Yeah. Cause I considered it last week, but I remember, I remember watching some of the film from uh, their week one game and he looked like completely lost. And I guess, you know, big brain would have been, Hey, he's going to start to settle in a little bit more. Um, but I didn't, you know, I, I work on weekends. I, I, I couldn't, can't watch much football anymore. And I, I didn't have that, that insight, unfortunately. Um, Eric, your team also, um, also scares me um, moving forward. I think there's a lot of potential there. Um, those are kind of my two, just like, like looking at the, the roster um, that I think really, really could be, could be scary. Um if I had to narrow it down to two, I actually really love Derek Carr. I have, I mean, I watched most of the Monday night game and I watched a bunch of that Pittsburgh game. Derek Carr's looked great so far. He looks like really... an absolute stud in that second half. I mean, granted, it was once we had half of our, or, you know, two thirds of their defensive line got hurt, but uh, he, he, that bombed to rugs and then and then the uh, he had another great pass down the sideline in the fourth quarter to basically seal the game. He looked he looked great weeks one and two. So what did Curtis say he was afraid of? I missed that. I had to reload in. He said it he was, was afraid of Eric Nick and, and Nick. Nick and Eric were my were my like gut just like you know six teams making the playoffs. I'm not putting any stock in where what anyone's like record is right now. Um, Getting the buy is huge. Yeah, just just the in terms of like roster construction, who I think um, scares me the most. Um, Got it. I, I would never give Sam the satisfaction of of putting his name in there. No, I think uh, I think Despite I'm glad that a, Nick's a good own too. I think I'm yeah. glad that Nick's own too. Yeah, maybe he makes a, a makes a hasty move later in the year, comes back to bite him in the ass. You know, we can only hope. Right. So, Sam, what would you say? How many things – obviously, like we said before, any team can still win the championship. We all know anyone can win the championship still. Who would you put on that top tier on the Curtis tier? Um, Let me look at my phone really quick. Um, Curtis tier is – So we're talking like um, mid-tier, right? Yeah, no, exactly. 
Ironically, it, we could call it the bottoms tier, but that'd be the exact opposite. <laughs> if George Kittle turns into like a, you know, like a wide receiver two, you know, like if George Kittle has a, starts to have a dominant year, I think Jack's up there. Um, I got to think that I don't think Barra's up there, but Barra has good point total. Um, Eric's up there definitely with his team. So it's Curtis, Eric, and Jack, I would say. And then I got to say, um, Reed and I both haven't scored a ton. I think that my team has underachieved pretty significantly. Whereas with Reed's team, I think that some, I mean, I hate that he has Terry McLaurin now because his team's way fucking better. But like, I have questions about Antonio Gibson and I have questions about Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And I also have questions about uh, Marquise Brown. So I think that uh, Reed and I, despite both kind of underperforming so far, still have good teams. Um, but I feel a little better about my team now as maybe that like fourth or fifth best team. And I definitely think Daniels dropped out of the top three. I just hate Zeke and Saquon, and it's such a big part of what he did. Yeah, I mean, the one thing Daniel has going Nick's for still up that... there too. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean – I mean, Nick's quarterback. I mean, that's the thing with Nick and with Daniel is that both of them could potentially either one of them are the contender for having the top quarterback duo in the league with Daniel having Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts or or Kyler Murray and Ryan Tannehill. You look great on Sunday uh, and Nick having Justin Herbert and Josh Allen. Uh, so, you know, you have those you have two great quarterbacks. You can ride that to a championship, as I showed the last two years. Um any disrespect. I think I think with uh, those three quarterbacks, uh, Daniel can definitely make a trade for uh, a better running back, or at least a RB two from somebody that's that has uh, or somebody that is in QB need. Tannehill has lost a little bit of his luster. I gotta say, it's been it's been a bad it's been a, bad a little bit, and that's a all affected AJ Brown and uh, Julio Jones, obviously. Because um, I gotta I mean, say, I'm not, I'm not, not giving gonna, up on that though. I'm not gonna say the specifics, but Daniel approached me before week two in a trade where I would acquire Tannehill and he would acquire Darnold, and some uh, other pieces were being moved around. But I, I rebuffed him. Actually, fuck it, I will say he uh, <laughs> he offered <laughs> me Tannehill, Deontay Johnson, and Brandon Cooks for Darnold and Nuck, and I said I wanted to wait and see. Nuke. And I still think I'm happy with that. You mean Nuke? Yeah, Nuke. Nuke Hopkins. Yeah. Nuke. Yeah, exactly. I'm getting Nuke. too old, man. <laughs> Way too old for this shit. But um, I'm still skeptical about Brandon Cooks with David Davis Mills. Oh, my God. I don't know. And Deontay Johnson's got the knee thing now, so I think I'm glad I didn't go through with it. I, am, I just feel really bad for Tyrod Taylor. That meant not stay healthy. Yeah. He looked. I think that they could have won against the Browns on Sunday. Maybe. Uh, I was really things. worried. I had the Browns in a teaser, and I was really worried for a while. <laughs> the Houston looks surprisingly competent, which is well. They they have a lot of veterans. That's been helpful. I mean, it's a lot of journeyman team guys, but just because they've been around for so long, they're smart and know where to be and to make the right plays. Like, yeah, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna beat the Chiefs in the playoffs or anything, but like, yeah, they they could they can be a problem. And, and in the AFC South, the AFC South is just an absolute joke. Yeah. 
I did I watch. With, uh, I, I had a COVID scare, so I did get to watch their entire um, game against the Jaguars week one, and it really highlighted how bad the Jaguars were and how how good the the Texans potentially could be. Yeah, uh, although we'll uh, see. I mean, the way I mean, Eric talked about it. I mean, Tyrod, the last two times he's been uh, replaced by a rookie quarterback, both of those rookie quarterbacks have looked pretty good. Baker Mayfield a few years ago at Cleveland, and then last year, Justin Herbert, after Tyrod infamously got stabbed right before the game started <laughs> by the Chargers. By doctor. his own doctor. Um, so if history continues, Davis Mills is going to come in and look pretty fucking spectacular, which would be a huge get for Nick, who picked him up for $3. Is um that'll be a huge Ir- disappointment for Sam, who's a Vikings fan and whose team drafted Kellen Mond, who's looked like duty so far. Is uh Urban Meyer still on the sidelines in Jacksonville in week 17? Yeah, yeah. you guys think so? Uh, six, ride it six, out. 60 40, yes. Okay, okay, let's close on this because Curtis is uh, on the ground in Jacksonville. Curtis, what what's your take on Urban Meyer's situation? I mean, sixty forty. You don't seem you, you don't seem one hundred percent sure on this. Well, by um, definition, he's not one hundred percent sure. <laughs> that, I that's, just gave you the percentage read. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it's there. There's no like insider information down here or anything um, that he's that he's going to leave. I think it, it's all just it's just the optics of it. Um, and people, you know, fans down here are um, have kind of been beaten down largely um, for the last 25 years. And it's Mark Brunel, baby. Yeah. No. Yeah. Keenan McCardell, you know, Fred Taylor, all that jazz. But yeah, it's 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 Byron they Leftwich. just they just haven't looked. Uh, all right. Well, Byron Leftwich beat the Steelers in a playoff game that I was at one time. So I don't like talking about him. But no, he didn't. Uh, David Garrard did. Oh, it was David Garrard. You're right. Uh, Byron Leftwich, yeah, actually ended up um, uh, being an assistant coach and a backup quarterback for the Steelers. That's why I get them confused. Um, yeah, fourth and three. Anyway, um, yeah, they—I just—they—they they really didn't look. They—they they looked completely incompetent week one um, against against the Texans, and then watching that Broncos game, it was like I think they—they yeah. they had a chance to make it a one score game late, but like dude, they looked like they had. Like, it, it never felt like they had a chance to, like- to actually win. By far the most kind of one, uh, yeah, what Carrie said. Yeah, I mean, Carrie was <laughs> killing it with the analysis once again. She, she she summed it up. Yeah, I just I felt like they they literally they like at no point like I a lot of my coworkers are Jags fans, so they were sitting there like watching the game and like getting super into it, and I was like, you, you know, you have no chance to win this game, right? Like they got a kickoff return for a touchdown. It was still over. Yeah. So uh, I don't know it, how like if they're if they're zero and nine. And 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 hypothetically, you know, Lawrence is still struggling. How much is Urban Meyer making? Not working. Does it matter? He has so much money. I mean, like, what's his buyout? Do you think? Like, do, like, do they have buyouts in NFL? But could he? He could just leave, right? If he wants to. Oh, you're saying that he would leave, not not first. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I, no, I'm putting would... that as almost like a 50-50 or maybe six, uh, 60 40 Urban's the one that leaves versus getting yeah, fired. I don't Urban think the Jags will be the one him, actually. Leaves. Yeah. Urban would be the one leaving. Yeah, got it. I agree with that. He reportedly was asking for $12 million a year. I don't think he got that, but he was asking for $12 million from the Jags. Yeah, that's incredible. That's like the most, right? Uh, No, I think Belichick apparently makes $20 million a year, and you would, I think it's probably fair to say that dude is being underpaid. Um, (laughs) Also, by the way, $5 million a year per Super Bowl is one. That's fine. 
No, no, no. He Wait, won less six. than that, right? Or, yeah, yeah. He won six, not five, yeah. So we're okay. talking about like 3.2 mil? Yeah. Less, yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, and by the way, y'all mentioned all the Jaguars quarterbacks and did not mention uh, Blake Bortles, who, let's not forget, was up 10 points on Bill Belichick in the AFC Championship game. Uh, fourth quarter with 10 yep. minutes left. Uh, what, 2017? Green season? Yep. And then Gronk went Gronk, right? Oh. No, no, no. Uh, the I mean, basically, the I mean, Gronk went off, and then also like the Jaguars punting situation. Was yep, just a yep, fucking disaster. yep. I was about to say, yeah, special yep. teams got wonky, dude. The uh, I was covering a Mizzou basketball game uh, against like a, it was like a, a crappy non-con like crisp, you know, like like uh, break break game, and uh, the majority of the media in attendance um was was in the media room eating the like three hour old papa john's pizza watching the end of that game in the second half of the mizzou game that we were all supposed to be covering so just to was that the fun anderson era uh yeah either last year of anderson or first year of conzo i can't quite remember the season i think it might have been first year of conzo the season after that there was a lot of preseason jag buzz. And it was all predicated on if Blake Bortles and the could defense be good, remained like which number was, one. Yes. Still see a lot yeah. of uh, Miles Jack jerseys around here. Yo, yo, check the script. 